Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live from 50th and Capitol Avenue in the Big O. This is Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone, 1620thezone.com, and 1620thezone TV. Now here's Gary, Nick, and Jimmy. I just got three things to say. God bless our troops. God bless America. And gentlemen, start your I have not uh, seen the video like it's now the thing to do for the play-by-play guys. You have video to accompany the uh, call. Yeah, you can't pick your nose I on cannot, the air anymore. Uh, yep. Yep. I cannot wait to see the uh, Mitch Holtis uh, video. Uh, good morning. It is Go for ahead. you. Go ahead and let yeah. it loose. You can let it loose. No, Here are man. your receipts. Let them have it. No, no, I'm I, I'm okay. I, I, I'm you Because okay. it still is like... It's three championships in four yeah, years. I, I've been lucky enough to do a show on a Monday after the Super Bowl for three times. <laughs> And it's still, like, surreal what happened last night. And, you know, the Chiefs did it the Hardman way uh, this entire uh-huh. season. Thank uh-huh. you. Thank you very much. You still been, got it? I've been thinking that was the first thing that came to my mind after two hours of sleep. Would that have been your call if, uh, uh, if on the no, touchdown? No, because said, they've done it the Hardman way. So Hardman blacked out. He was confused. I, there was a lot of confusion about the new overtime rules that we'll discuss. But I was watching that, and... I'm thinking, okay, they could go to the, I guess, the second overtime, and they have all the time in the world to score. Yeah. But when they ran the play, corn dog, for the corn second dog, yeah. straight year, they scored twice on it last year against yep. the Eagles. So they mm-hmm. run that play, and they score, and you saw Hardman's reaction, and Mahomes comes sprinting down because he knows they just won the Super Bowl. I was a little bit like paused. I got to be honest, I was in shock. Okay, this has mm. been a surreal year where they had so many flaws on the side of the ball that has carried them to the previous two Super Bowls, and they've been so good defensively. And yesterday, like in sports, like and what happened in Lincoln with uh, Nebraska and Iowa, and then what happened last night in the Super Bowl, which I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on record here. I, I'm over the top that I'm in an era of my team, and they won three Super Bowls in five years. That wasn't a great game. That was a bizarre, uh, yeah. a bizarre. I'm not the only one who thought that. Kind of a mess. Kurt Ferentz from liked it. commercials to the game. Unless you like defense and you respect that, guys in the first half yeah. were flying around. But you know one thing that that this season has taught me, and this playoff run, which it's so, I don't know. You know when when, it, when things are unexpected with your team, that's when you're supposed to embrace it the most. I'm still like. Wow, they won the Super Bowl in a year when there was a lot of stuff that went against them, but yet they just ran through the two, three, four, and six scoring offenses. Yeah. Four of the top five guys that got MVP votes they beat, and they've had the toughest run to win the Super Bowl of anybody out there, but it doesn't feel like this is the greatest Chiefs team. 
it seems like a team, and I, know, I, I like to study sports. There is a reason why some teams win and some teams lose. Because yesterday, there were a lot of things that were falling around the Chiefs. Okay, it, they for the first 35 minutes, Nick and Jimmy, they couldn't tie their shoes. Yeah, it yeah. was mistakes. They, they were getting and... dominated on the line of scrimmage. Yep. But you get to halftime, and I'm like, whoa! It's only 10. Kansas City hasn't played exceptionally well on offense. Mm-hmm. San Francisco has gotten a record-setting field goal and a trick play. Yep. And it's still a one-score game, and I got 15 as my quarterback. Yep. It showed yesterday in sports. And I'm going to use a, a Las Vegas analogy as well. Fitting. You know, there's a reason why blackjack people and playing blackjack, which we all have, you lose. Because you're staring across at that dealer who is in that hard-eyed dealer that when things start right. to fall down around them and you're getting 21 and you're getting 19 and you're winning all kinds of money, that dealer is standing there and they're not going to flinch. And that's kind of what happened. That's why that's why people win and people lose. Because when things are falling True. down around you, you don't ever fall down with them. I, I, I look at like boxing, for example, because everybody can be beat. That, that, the, the Chiefs are not so much better than the Niners. But yesterday they were. Look at like Ken Norton and Muhammad Ali. If you remember, now on the back end, Ali beat Norton. But Ken Norton had an opening. He knew in the, in the first fight against Muhammad Ali, he had him on the ropes. Mm-hmm. Great okay? analogy. And he broke his jaw. And boom, Ali was done. Now again, they fought two more times and Ken Norton won. But you had Kansas City on the ropes last night. And you better and you knock were, them out. And you weren't able to break their jaw. Yeah. And they hung around. And all of a sudden, one play changed that entire football game. And that was the muff punt. Yes, it was. Thank you. That was the one that I don't know if people talk about or will talk about as much because of everything that happened afterwards. But for an offense that was sputtering and for a play that is not necessarily it's more fluke or luck than it is actual skill. Um, you know, you have your return man doing what he's supposed to be doing. And at, initially, I think everybody was thinking the same thing in real time is what is he doing? And then when you slow it down, you realize, oh, it it caught his his teammate's foot. The offense to that point, when you think about it, was doing very little. And this is where, I, I got to say, San Francisco, the way that they had really been challenged, like they, for the most part, had been doing everything yeah. that they needed to do up to that point. Now, this is where the dynamic changes, too, of not only were the game changed, but then all of a sudden, if you're an offense that has 15, if you're an offense that has just been looking for that moment to work with a short field and all of a sudden that happens, it's like a new game. To me, it's a new lease on life. To me, it's like, yeah. okay, if it, we're, we're not doing the things we're supposed to be doing if, we're Kansas City, if you're Kansas City right now. But it does take, again, that the other team to make sure they are taking care of every little detail in that moment. Because this is where we always talk about Great teams, no matter what sport we're talking about, when they are having a bad day at the office, it's only until you open the door back up for them. Nine out of ten times, hell, maybe even more than that, they will take advantage. And that game wasn't – it kind of reminded me again like two years ago. When San Francisco's up – or three years ago, when San Francisco's up by uh, by ten points. And they stopped running the ball. 
Well, yeah, I mean, you which you, they did, which you, they did in the third quarter last uh, night. Yes, they did. You don't do some of the things that got you there, and you're you handle a lead weird. Like it's, it's like, all of a sudden, yeah, it's like you've got the lead. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, conventional wisdom says you stick to what got you there. You stick to what got you the lead. Be but boring. then all of a sudden, you're and there are certain teams and certain players that I think invoke that out of another team. And I think 15 is one yes. of them. This is one of the things yep. that Patrick Mahomes, it's not going to show up on a stat sheet. But it, when you have a lead, is unless it's just like you're having a great day at the park, you're up by three scores, you don't care. Well, ask Houston, I guess, about that. But you have a lead that's like, okay, we don't feel great about this, but, every, said this. but everything is going the way that we need it to go. But then you do that. I mean, I think everybody. And Fifteen gets in your every, head because he's everybody good. Everybody in the stadium knew, and, and again, that wasn't like they. The strategy was bad, and you know, like what what they had set up for a punt return was bad. I mean, that was a fluke, but it still happened. And you got to look back at the opportunities that you had before that to make that yeah. play and that part of the game not hurt you. And unfortunately for San Francisco, yeah. they had not. Yeah, the game changed completely. Uh, Kansas City needed a break again. That's why I keep when when things are not going your way. And you haven't been knocked out, and you keep just kind of hanging in there. Because after that muff punt, the Chiefs went. Well, they go because up to that point they had six points. They went t. They went touchdown, field goal, field goal, touchdown. Yep. And that game completely changed. Now there is the part of what you brought about the the reality of playing against Kansas City, and I'll never take for granted what's going on right now with with Kansas City, and especially number fifteen, who. I'm not here today to talk about him and Tom Brady. I will say that he's on the same street. But but Brady's still the GOAT. Mm-hmm. Is the reality of playing Kansas City in this current era is I don't know what it's like to try and have to scheme your whole offensive and defensive game plan yeah. around one guy. Because Kyle Shanahan, who, I don't know, I mean, it, it, Kyle Shanahan has to live with this. This is the reality is that when you play Kansas City, 15 always gives you a chance. Yes. There's also the reality of Kyle Shanahan that he is 0-3 in the Super Bowl as a coach. Twice as a head coach, one as an assistant. And in the second half and overtime, he's been outscored 74-29. to And outcoached. And he stopped running the football, forgot about 23. I know Kansas City's defense was really good, but you were running the football. And you know what? Then all of a sudden, you had the tired defense. But I yeah. just can't. I, I, I cannot imagine what it's like to play and I, and neither team played their A game. I mean, that was, a, again, I, mm-hmm. I think it was a kind of a mess of a game. At times it was very meh. Even the commercials were meh. Yep. Um, thankfully, the usher put on roller skates at halftime. <laughs> but you have to operate knowing that 15 is going to get the football. And it Kyle, gets in your head. Kyle Shanahan, the confusion over the postseason overtime rules, which I love, I think there's a lot of confusion. Because players didn't know the rules. I think Kyle Shanahan wasn't prepared for overtime and winning the toss yeah. because I would definitely I would go have, second. I would have too. His biggest issue might have been there in overtime. They didn't score a touchdown. Yeah. Instead, they went for a field goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of had to go for a field goal because of the play that Chris Jones made on third down. Right. Um, but it's just 15 is on the other sideline and you have to adjust. Man, he's screwing a lot of people up. I, yeah. I looked at... Look at They've now gone through two phases of the Niners. They've gone through the rookie contracts of a Burrow and Allen and a uh, Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. They've beaten a Jalen Hurts. I mean, Mahomes is a pain in the ass. 
to hey, you as a coach, well, and to like you that. if you want to win Super Bowls. He's standing firmly in the way of what you're able to do. And I can't recall many players in the history of that sport that have had that impact. I want to get to Shanahan in a moment. You you said Mahomes, there's the, there's the 15 impact too, but those teams you just rattled off too, what else did they have other than a good defense? A lot of them had good offenses. And this is the, the Spagnuolo effect as well. Uh, you know, that, I, I don't, this is, where, this is where I'm kind of struggling with Shanahan and what, he did or didn't do for his quarterback as opposed to what Spags did for Kansas City's defense. But there were two, thir- you brought up a third down to Chris Jones. He impacted two potential touchdown plays in that game where you forced Brock Purdy. First of all, Brock Purdy had a look. I guess that necessarily wasn't Chris Jones on the, the last one where you get the out route. Um, I believe it was Jennings who was, yep. who was open, yep. broke it off, but he couldn't see him. I mean, that wasn't like a, well, oh, they, that's on, yeah, that's on, that's yeah, on Purdy. Kansas City won the numbers game on that play. Yep, absolutely. There's too many guys to block. And this is where I... Did Kyle Shanahan put Brock Purdy in the best position to succeed in those moments? Are you, are you bringing in extra protection? Because again, th- th- this is where a veteran quarterback is going to be able to... There was a moment where, and I think Tony Romo brought this up in the broadcast, there was a moment where they get to the line of scrimmage, they had the look that they wanted, they just needed to adjust what they had at the offensive line. But they had the coverage that they wanted, man-on-man, especially with McCaffrey. They had to call timeout. And Romo brought this up about, you know, if maybe a year or two further along, Purdy is able to make that adjustment without calling a timeout. Okay, but the Kyle Shanahan on what you did for your quarterback to help him succeed in certain moments like that. And in the third down moments like that, where again, yeah, it probably should be on your quarterback to be able to recognize certain coverages and how you might want to adjust. But again, this is where you're looking at a second year guy. You're looking at a guy in that moment. I I'm left with asking myself, did Kyle Shanahan do enough to help his quarterback in those situations, especially in those key third down Mm -hmm. situations? You know, I, we can't have a normal conversation anymore about Brock Purdy, can we? Um, no. It's it's like because you, I don't you, I, but you, because you, I don't think Brock played that bad. No, but he here, didn't play great. Here, here's so here, here's what Kyle Shanahan. By the way, I just saw a couple of uh, my friends on TV that were storming the court in Lincoln. I see a little red on the court. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So so I think here so here here's Shanahan also has blown three double figure leads. Yep. When he's been involved in the Super Bowl. And the the crazy stat out there is that Kansas City, since 2019 in the postseason, is 5-1 and one when they trail by 10 or more. The rest of the NFL is 6-48. and 48. So, again, that's the 15 impact. Yes, it is. That, you, that is. that you can – Yeah. You always got to keep your foot on the pedal. I thought for another Super Bowl, he abandoned the run. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, I thought was – did he stay in the locker room in the third quarter? He might as well. So there's part of that. And then – on key downs, he got out coached by Spagnola. Yep. Yes, he did. I mean, the Trent McDuffie blitz, mm-hmm. which was a huge play because that resulted in a field goal, not a touchdown, right. is even McDuffie. So the one thing that with Kansas City this year, and Spagnola is the MVP of that team in 2023. Yes. Is his timing of blitzes has been perfect, but you never know where they're coming from. Yep. And even in that situation, McDuffie, who had a great game. The, the 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 cornerbacks on both sides of the ball last night were really, really good. Mm-hmm. But you have no idea where they're coming from. McDuffie actually slightly backpedaled at the snap and then went full go towards Purdy. 
you you say, and I agree with you, did you put Purdy in the best position to succeed? Well, Kansas City said, after the game, we wanted to make Brock Purdy throw the football. Yep. Okay, well, you know, your running game, which you kind of abandoned, and then really had no, I don't know, no variation. It just seemed to me very that the one thing Kansas City started to pick up on is they were using Trent Williams. Didn't San Francisco run left a lot? Yeah, they did. And I would run yeah, behind Trent Williams. Toss left. But Kansas there were City, some student bodies in there. Kansas City knew that was coming. By the second half, that's all they yeah. it's They were so left-handed. Mm-hmm. I just it's a game. It's one of those games where every single play is so magnified. It's just a complete chess match. But back to the point, you have to coach games like that because you got fifteen on the other sideline. Yes. It's just he gets in your head. Well, and this uh, is the thing, and, and, he, and he screws with you, and that probably, I mean, Shanahan probably not going to admit it out loud, but probably got to him. Yeah. Well, and it, what was the number? I think uh, I should have gone down and helped him. Uh, Brock Purdy was he was pressured on forty percent of his dropbacks. That's it. In that statistic, wow. though. 40% any time that's happened in the Super Bowl, that, that quarterback that's been pressured has never won a game. So, and, and you knew going in that there was going to be a heavy amount of blitzing. That's what Spagnuolo does. I, and they're this, smart this, this is where, this is where I, I, again, I, I, I question Kyle Shanahan in that anticipation and having your, your quarterback, who I, th- I think absorbs a lot, and I think he's able to process very well, to have that, that wherewithal. Even if you don't necessarily have to rely on the sideline and call timeouts, that you're seeing that and you're being able to pick that up, and you have a check down, and you know exactly, okay, if it's coming from this end, where am, where's my matchup going to be? I, the thing, though, and I go back to sort of the the back and forth of you know Patrick Mahomes factor, you know what Kansas City did defensively too is when I'm watching what Purdy did, it is it makes for an interesting conversation today, Gary, because I don't think I, I don't think that oh he was awful. I don't. Oh. Th- he wasn't great, but here's the thing: when you play, and this goes back to the 15 factor, if you're going to beat them and you're going to close out a game when you have a lead, your quarterback has to be better than okay. And and that's that's all that's yeah. all Purdy was. He was okay. The Niners were okay, but if you're going to get that lead and close it out, there needs to be something spectacular, at least in the moment of that game. Remember the way that. Brock Purdy closed out that game in the NFC Championship game. He used his athleticism. He used his legs. He was a difference maker because he was getting exactly what the defense was giving him, and he was taking it. This game, he was extremely, in those moments, especially in those key third downs, he was confused. He didn't know where to go with that. That's where he needed to be spectacular. That's where he needed to have that breakthrough of like, damn, that's clutch. Yeah, he almost had that. Remember, he got pressured. He got the swing pass out to McCaffrey on the drive. I think it was in the overtime drive, and they're able to get a first down on that. Just a little bit of a dump off, but he's able to withstand the pressure, keep his head about him, and find at least an outlet there where you're able to get positive yards. But you didn't have enough of those moments when it counted. And again, that's where he was good, not great. Uh, you know, I mean, neither head coach I thought was very good last night. I, the same things that that ail Shanahan with clock management, a, uh, you know, ail Andy Reid. Kansas City's game plan in the first half was mind-boggling. What they were doing, but it goes back to something I started the show with, is when everything is falling down around you, you don't panic. Yeah, okay? yeah right. You, 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 you have the luxury of 15, but you, you, don't, you don't all of a sudden throw everything out the window, and you haven't been knocked out yet. You know, you have not, San Francisco had an opportunity to knock Kansas City out. 
Well, I think about and the, they, the, and, the, and they did. They, they, they had a window yeah, because they did. everybody's going. Because Kansas City is always going to give you a window. Yeah. Okay. I saw that November, December. Kansas City was on display in the first half. The the same Kansas City team that got beat by Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl was on display in the first half. Right. They gave you a opening. All great teams will give you an opening. You just don't know how long it's going to last. Right. It lasted pretty long for San Francisco, I thought last night. And once they weren't able to do that, Kansas City just hung around and they mm-hmm. got the break. And then in overtime. Mahomes took over. I mean, he had, what, 69 of their 76 yards? Right. Well, I think in overtime. Let me ask you this, though. The the, the one area, at least this is my opinion. 75 yards? The one area in the time of this game where San Francisco needs to take advantage. Biggest play from the Kansas City offense. Goes for 52 yards. What happens in the very next play? Pacheco fumble. Yeah, right after they'd shown uh, Taylor Swift. (laughs) Jinx. Oh, it twice. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 She because, has which powers? They, hey, they showed her twice, Evil. and then the, the following play was a mistake by Kansas City. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, do with that what you will. But um, then you get the, at least in the moment, and again, I, this was one image last night, and it, it got dissected. It got talked about afterwards, too. But then you get the, the Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid uh, dust up. In that moment, to me, that just reading that body language, they're tight. To me, they're. You know, it's it's almost feeling like yeah. things are not going our way. And what? But what did what did San Francisco do with that that opportunity? Yeah. They see, punted. See, I think they punted. I think you're going to hear that's a good point. So so everybody's seeing that, and that, and that wasn't a good look. But you understand that's the relationship between Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey, yeah. and he also caught. Andy Reid off balance a little bit. Yeah, so now if looks, he would have knocked, if he yeah, would knock Andy so, Reid down, yeah, so it looks a little bit worse. <laughs> we would all rally but, behind Andy. But I, I, I think, I think you you get a feel of what the relationship is like. Yeah, but you're you're right, Nick. I I'm listening to, you know, the reports of the night before when the captains get up and they do a speech and how emotional it got, and I and I'm waiting for the stories to come out about stuff behind the scenes this year. Because the spotlight is on Kansas City all the time. And even more so when you add his relationship, you add Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs are everywhere in every single commercial, even as a Chiefs fan, overexposed. Okay. Let's let's take it a little easy here in the (laughs) offseason. And and I hey, Hey, I'm being I'm being honest honest here. Gotta get that back. Every single commercial doesn't need to be a Kansas City Chief. (laughs) When's Kadarius Tony gonna be in (laughs) one? I was waiting for his video. When's Butker's commercial? That's well, a hero a right guy, there. The guy don't take for granted is yeah. Harrison Butker. 57-yarder? Um, but, you know, you, you hear that Kelsey's speech brought people to tears. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, okay, they've won two Super Bowls, so even if they lose on Sunday, they're still 2-2 two and two and they're all young because you got a 28-year-old quarterback. I think they were wound so tight. I agree. And... The Raiders could have knocked them out on Christmas, and they didn't. And Kansas City didn't get knocked out. They hung around, yeah. and then they picked it up in the postseason to have the most difficult path to to win a Super Bowl. I imagine you're going to hear stories come out about things behind the scenes, um, the offense, some bickering going on, some mm-hmm. guys that weren't living up to their to their. You billing. saw the Mahomes and Rasheed yeah. Rice uh, uh, yeah. moment on the sideline as well. Yeah, I, I think that team was. They're super competitive. Yeah, they they have a standard. They, they, they leave. They got big personalities. Yep. They they leave it out there. They don't hide anything. But I I think I think you'll hear stories about 
man, this was going on. This is why it means so much to yeah. this team because blank was going on behind the scenes. And they couldn't figure things out, and they were having all these meetings and stuff, and guys were, were bickering at each other on the practice field. But at the end of the day, there are reasons why some teams win and some and the same teams win and the same teams lose. And Kansas City has something besides Mahomes that allows you to win when you're yep. on that stage. Winning teams pretty do winning imp- things. Pretty damn impressive. Mm-hmm. It, it is. And and like you watch some of the, the sideline, uh, we'll call it antics, drama, whatever you want to call it. But who are the two guys that you saw the most in those moments? Okay, it was Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid. Travis Kelsey's an alpha, but he's earned the respect yeah. of that entire locker room. And by the way, and, he's handled it. He's handled being in the spotlight pretty well. Yeah, yes. I mean, he, guys everywhere, and he he embraces it. And the, well, he let Which loose. Have, with, he more, let loose with chain hey, smokers I, last I night have too. More, I have more respect for the Caitlin Clark's, <laughs> the Patrick Mahomes, the Travis Kelseys, people that athletes that you know we adore or rip from afar. Yeah. are able to handle the spotlight every single minute of the day. Right. Well, and then the Mahomes Rice dust up where Rice was he was open and you know, he mentions that and uh Patrick Mahomes ain't having it. You could read his lips, he says, Hey, M Effer, and he's getting into it with him. But what did you see in the second half? Maybe that was just a nickname. With that dust up. He continued to go to Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice made some key catches too. So it wasn't yeah. like all of a sudden you get into a pissing contest. Well, you know what? Then I'm not going to throw you the ball. Like, I mean, things get worked out. But I think of the guys who are leading those charges in those arguments, like Patrick Mahomes is getting pissed off at a rookie. You know, Patrick Mahomes is getting pissed off at a guy that he knows he's going to need later in the game, but he's also letting him know where you stand right now. Don't come at me like this, buddy. Yeah. I've been here. I've I, done this before. I want, I'll the, find you when I need to find you. I want audio from NFL Films and all the guys mic'd up immediately. Oh, yeah. and But it was. It was in a very intense sideline, more so than what I'm used to seeing with Kansas City. But the the reality is, it was like their moment of working their crap out. And they still won. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was like they were just working their crap out, and all of a sudden, they probably go into the locker room, they're all on the same page, and then... And it's still just 10-3. And the game is still, yeah, the game is still within grasp. I I don't know that they were on the same page going into the locker room, but when you've been in the Super Bowl before and you have that long Super Bowl Mm -hmm. halftime, you do learn how to adjust uh, when you come out. And again, I I didn't think it was a great Super Bowl. I love the outcome. I'm not giving the outcome back. It was kind of a meh. There were a lot of mistakes on both sides. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the best player currently in football made the plays. So, well, there's a, while I say there's a reason why certain teams continue to win and certain teams continue to lose, you have to learn how to lose, Lisa Bluter. Can we all agree in that? So, Lisa Bluter of Iowa. I love it. You got to the Final Four last year. (laughs) You took away a moment from Nebraska yesterday. Yeah. Okay. You're trying to hide behind what you did in the fourth quarter and make it about yourself and Big Ten protocol. <laughs> You've got to learn how to lose. I know you're I know you're squeezed because you put it out there that you want Caitlin Clark to break the record in front of the home fans on Thursday on Peacock. That's a her. And problem. then she got to eight, and you're like, ah, what do we do yeah, here? Eight in the fourth quarter. You took away a moment from Nebraska because side by side of Jazz Shelley and the emotion on the floor of I'm not gonna call it a court storm, I'm gonna call it like a gathering. It was yeah. a celebration. Yeah, it, was, it was a gathering. It was a, I don't I don't think we know how to storm the court <laughs> after, during women's events. I, I, I just kind of—it was like a gathering. Yeah, it, it was, was like, like a polite. Hey! It was like a polite gathering. Hey, Congrats, guys! Here. But it was super emotional. <laughs> I thought Allison Williams did a great job. But while we're talking about that, we got this incident that happens after the game. You've got to learn how to lose. 
you've won a lot and you're really good and you've got a player that is a lot more gracious in defeat than you are as the adult in the room. Yep. I think there's a big thing about learning how to deal with a loss. And Lisa Bluter failed that yesterday, and she has taken some of the spotlight. We're not going to let that happen, but she's taken some of the spotlight away from a hell of a fourth quarter by Nebraska. Mm-hmm. There was um, – so my wife was at, actually at the game as well, and she was letting me know she about – the court. She did not know. Easier way but, to get out. But she was telling me about the, the Amy Williams tech and like how Amy Williams – and you know some of the players were given the, you know, the facial uh, motion every now and then. And um, Yeah, by the way, Jess Shelley, love you. There was no need for you to apologize. No. Hell no. That that was not what people thought, but you didn't need to apologize for that. There's so much damn drama around women's basketball. I know. Why? Well, because they think everything is like it's like because of what happened with Angel Reese in the national championship game that everything is directed at someone. It's intentional and you're you're trying oh to show God. somebody up. Can we and, not have fun people? No, exactly. I know. Let's let's let the kids play. But um it, it, she had not heard about what happened with Lisa Bluter yet. And so when she got home and this is when this was starting to kind of make its, its rounds, I said, yeah, I said, uh, she wasn't the only coach who, uh, had a, you know, had an incident with the officials ago. This one was more post game. And cause I know there was a lot of, or a lot of, uh, Iowa fans giving Amy Williams crap, uh, during the end of that, towards the end of that game. And I want to be like, and I know a lot of that was happening in real time, mm-hmm. uh, with the technical. So they hadn't heard Lisa Bluter after the game yet. I almost, I, I'm, I'm just curious on where those fans are today or where they are right now after hearing your head coach uh, basically interrupt or be overheard during a Nebraska press conference and calling the Big Ten protocol bowl blank and we got a flight to catch and all this. Like, what? Maybe Blue yeah, really? should be like, how hey, about that, hey, Mahomes? Like her or not, Caitlin Clark is better in defeat than your head coach is. Yeah, exactly. Um, but whether, regardless of what side you were on yesterday, at that game at Pinnacle Bank Iowa Arena. Fans. A lot of Iowa fans. That was great for, well, most importantly, Nebraska women's basketball because Amy needed that. Mm-hmm. Shout That's out, that. Amy. That Nebraska women's basketball needed that because mm-hmm. it's kind of like they're, they're, they're a nice seven or eight, yep. and they might jump up and bite you, but... Yeah, they're just a night. I think the uh, that they 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 needed that. Bracketology last week had them as a last four in. But I thought it was a great, it was a great day for the game, because there's something that happened yesterday, and and I know there were a lot of Iowa fans there. And hey, I'm not going to run away from it. It's a Caitlin Clark effect. Mm-hmm. It's just like Nebraska volleyball when they go on the road in the Big Ten. Yep. They sell places out. Now a lot of Nebraska fans go to those games in opposing arenas, just like Iowa fans did yesterday. I'm telling you guys. The, the amount of young people that were in that building to watch a game that they were fully interested in, yeah. okay, that they, they watched for the entire time, and maybe they learned more about the sport, maybe they already played the sport, maybe now they want to play the sport. Thank you to Caitlin Clark for drawing people in. Thank you for Nebraska for playing the role and ruining a party yeah. on Fox of winning the game and what they did in the fourth quarter. But I thought that was great for the game yesterday because, and great for the young people that were there, that were excited to be there, that are getting introduced to a sport because of a, a player, or they came because, man, I was the villain and my parents are yeah. rooting for them. I thought it was I thought it was great for the game. I thought it was great atmosphere. And women's basketball and women's sports, they continue to deliver with the young fans that they're drawing in because they have I will say, I will call them celebrities mm-hmm. that draw them in. I mean, the amount of twenty two jerseys that were worn by young fans yesterday. Amazing. And yeah. not Clyde Drexler. Amazing. No, no. <laughs> well played. Uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was great for the game. 
You know, it's another national broadcast. I'm yep. sure the ratings will do well. And you tuned in, and you're like, man, that's a pretty cool atmosphere at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Yeah, and, and they, they, like the the score graphic was doing what they should be doing when you when you have anybody chasing history. So you were always up to date on what Caitlin Clark was and how close she was to. And again, as it turned over to the fourth quarter, you're like, damn, this actually might happen. But kind of to your point. Well, I didn't think it was going to happen. I, I didn't think going into the game. Going <laughs> well, into the I game, didn't, I didn't. No, I didn't think going but, into the fourth quarter. But when they, like, well, towards the 14, end, I'm yeah. like, it, well, yeah, because it's like, okay, well, now we can go ahead and sit her. Connor's like, oh, I can relax now. Yeah. Just call the game. But you're thinking, all right, once that game got a little bit tighter, like, is she going to hit a couple of big shots? Is it going to be in a dramatic moment? My gosh, why not? Um, <laughs> but I will say this for kind of to your point about what hopefully yesterday also was, and I'm sure there were a lot of folks who live in Nebraska that maybe don't necessarily go to a lot of Nebraska women's basketball games, but they have daughters and they wanted to go because they wanted to see a generational type player. But in the process, kind of like what you said, you also had a chance to watch Jazz Shelley. You've heard of Jazz Shelley. You had a chance to watch her in, in a heroic moment. You had a chance to watch you know good bench production from a, a Logan Nisley. You know, so it had an exposure to other players for this Nebraska basketball program that were seen by probably thousands of new eyeballs that were yeah. there to watch 22. So it, it's, it served a great moment for this basketball program. And again, in the aftermath, that's where I think of, I wonder how many, how many fans of, of Iowa that maybe, you know, reside here in the state of Nebraska heard about, because this is, I, I agree with you. This is even a more of a, I think a salute to Caitlin Clark, of someone that handles, I think, victory and defeat as gracefully as you can when you're in that spotlight, and yet you have your head coach who doesn't, how much I hope that is discussed with uh, some of those those parents when talking about how great Caitlin Clark is. She didn't uh, get the record yesterday. She didn't get the victory she wanted to, but you know what? She handled it with class, and here's a great yeah. example yeah, of it, an adult yeah. who's not handling yeah, it with it, class. In, in, in a losing effort, you made it about yourself. Yep. Yeah. Okay. The 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 story is one one you did it to yourself. The comments you made about your fans deserve to see it at home, mm-hmm. and then the way that they went about their business in the fourth quarter. The story is about Nebraska's comeback. Yeah. When Nebraska was done. I'm down fourteen. It wasn't yeah. going well. It just things most people would start going. leaving hit a shot. if it wasn't but, but, Caitlin. But she she inserted herself into the conversation about something that really doesn't exist, and and you know the Big Ten protocol and yeah. got to catch a. Come on, there, there's there's no real protocol. This happens around. City. This happens in terms of who goes first at the podium. Mm. Now there's there's, a, gen, like there's a general thought of how it works, but you'll ask anybody. TCU lost at Iowa State the day before. Yeah, TCU took forever to get to the media room, so Iowa State went first. Yep. Okay, so so stop. You inserted yourself into the conversation. You have to live with the L. You did it to your own team. Go back home now. You may have cost your team a number one seed. Enjoy your Thursday night because 22 is going to be celebrated in front of the home fans, as she should. But that's a very, very bad look because you don't know how to handle losing. Yep. Okay. And then you haven't, okay, you haven't lost very much, but you still don't know how to handle uh, losing. What a weekend of uh, sports. We got a lot more on the Super Bowl. What a weekend for Tech Nine. What a day for Tech Nine in the Red Kingdom. Yeah. Between the women's game and then the Chiefs game. Man, Tech Nine was, he was, he was living fat. Uh, He was at Radio Row all week, too. Okay. Oh yeah, I saw some pictures of. Yes. Uh, uh, well, Tech Nina. Uh, so we will. Uh, we have lots to discuss. Uh, not, not, not a bad weekend at Pinnacle Bank <laughs> Arena. Uh, Creighton uh, won a key game. Mm-hmm. I will say it's Creighton's best win of the year. Yes. I'll tell I you a little yeah, bit later on yeah. uh, going into Cincinnati and winning that game with 
a two-game losing it's streak and beating a team that was playing with uh, desperation. Really, game wasn't close. Mm-hmm. Don't look at the score. The game yeah. wasn't close. Um, so we'll get into all of that. Uh, we are 34 days away from Selection Sunday. Ooh. So Tim Kruger will be in studio with his latest uh, bracket update from Stadium.com. Back from it's vacation, at, looking uh, fresh. Eight. Yes. Uh, also, Jacob Bigelow stops by. I'm sure I'll have a thought or two on Juwan Howard. Oh, and also maybe how Nebraska played against uh, Michigan. <laughs> Can I ask you a quick was that question? The, was that the story? When So there are three cases, two right now going in basketball. It's weird in the Big Ten. So Michigan and Ohio State in football were 1-2. Mm-hmm. They're also 1-2 in the bottom of the Big Ten in basketball. Yeah. You all, you, you have Chris Holtman, who's not back at his alma mater, but you have Mike Woodson, who's at his alma mater at Indiana. You have Juwan Howard, who's at his alma mater at Michigan. You have Scott Frost, who was at his alma mater at Nebraska. Why, when it goes bad at a school that you are an alum of and now you're coaching that program, why does it go so bad? There are there are fewer Mike yeah. Gundy, Pat Fitzgerald stories right. out there of success compared to the the Howards, the Woodsons, and the Frosts. But why does it go so bad? Because it has gotten really bad at Michigan. I I'm dumbfounded on how they fell from the Elite Eight three years ago yeah. to a below 500 basketball program in their last 90 games. I, you know, if I had to answer that, I, I think it would be more of they have this they have this vision well I, you know what maybe not maybe not all situations are created equal because i do think that there is a reason to believe that once you get back to your alma mater you are you are just catered to to the point that i think you can lose a little bit of your edge i think that's part of it now who that might apply to could be different but i also think when you kind of hit that moment of adversity and maybe you don't have the personnel to get you out of it maybe you don't have the roster to get you out of it or however it might work you tend to overthink it. You tend to probably do things a lot different than what you did to get you there. And then you're completely going off of your identity because you're freaked out because you're supposed, it's supposed to work there for you because this is, this is why they brought you here because it means more to you. So you're always going to have the answers and you're going to work harder than the other guy. But then I think there's such thing as almost working too hard to where you're overthinking it and you're getting away from all of the principles that got you that job and that got you the, the initial success that you had at either the previous stop or in Jawan Howard's case in the first couple of years that you were there. And then I think it just all comes crashing down on you. Uh, they're, they're, they're bad. They're, yeah, they're they really, are. really bad. Um, and Nebraska will get them one more uh, time. So all Jacob right. stops by at 9. Amy just at 9.30. She was busy this weekend. She did not rush the floor or have get out there with the gathering. I was hoping maybe she was in Mexico for softball. Oh, I thought I talking about vacation. Well, you could have served as, you know, as both. I think she was in a better place watching uh, Nebraska women yesterday yeah. uh, compared to the weekend for uh, Nebraska yeah. softball. Mm-hmm. That's a lineup brought to you by the referees at John Higgins Weather Guard. We will uh, discuss a lot of the other different angles to the Super Bowl last night from the commercials. Uh, Uber, Uber Eats. Oh, yeah, great. I didn't go to Duncan this morning. Duncan was good. Uber Eats was great. Uh, also to uh, Usher's performance, uh, Tony Romo's performance, CBS, the new score bug, which... Always draws a mixed reaction on why in this world we get so triggered about score bugs. Mm-hmm. The touchdown graphic was awful. Uh, I like the score bug, though. Um, I did, too. We'll Sorry. save that. That's People Hot take. have mixed reactions whenever you introduce a score bug, and why do you always do it during the Super Bowl? <laughs> uh, you can join us in the 42-degree uh, The Source uh, Hotline, 951-1620, uh, or into the Equitable Bank inbox. We've got plenty of emails already rolling in. 
Uh, Gary at 1620thezone.com. Hanley, 1620thezone.com. Or on the uh, JTech Construction Zone Twitter feed. Let's have a discussion this morning. All you Chief fans, all you Niner fans, all you NFL fans, Rob Lowe included. Uh, let's talk uh, at Gary Sharp 1620. At Nick Hanley 1620. All right, Jimmy's here as well. Have an update coming up after the uh, top of the uh, hour. Uh, a little basketball, a little Lisa Bluter, a little Caitlin Clark, a little Jazz Shelley, and lots of PMF on 1620 The Zone. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.